0: You got to give them the why behind the what. And when you get them to connect to the vision and the reason of why we're doing this and you and you package it, they're just like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to, I want it. And again, the people who want to get us to the next level are like, got it. OK, yeah, I got to make sure this is done every single time.
1: You're listening to Toolbox for the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals, where we interview leaders, their best tips and tricks of the trades, learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition, and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in.
2: Hello, contractors, and welcome to Toolbox for the Trades. Today I'm joined by Jacob and Joseph G, the owners of G Heating and Air in Georgia. The G brothers grew their father's business from 4 to 11 million in just 1 year, and they're not stopping anytime soon. Join us as we chat about systems, people management, and shooting for the stars in today's episode. Enjoy. Jacob and Joseph G, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I am so excited to talk with both of you. You are the owners of G Heating and Air. You guys have grown from 4 million to 11 million in just one year, which is insane. I've got a lot to talk to you guys about, but before we even get started with that, I want to kick off this podcast the way I do every single one, which is how did you get into the trades? And- before you both speak next, if you could just say who's who, so our audience can follow along. Who's not li- watching the video, but who is listening on the podcast? So, how did you guys get into the trades?
3: Go ahead, and take it. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's kind of been a family trade. Uh, my grandfather, gosh, uh, he's been doing it since basically since air conditioning was invented. And then my dad uh, followed in his steps and, and uh, worked with my grandfather. Um, and then, uh, so it's kind of always been a family trade, but then actually when I got, I wasn't planning on being a part of the trade until after I went to college, I was working for a uh, marketing firm coming out of college. And that's when my brother decided to join with my dad. And then I, uh, later on, about a year later, Joe Joe approached me about, hey, when we team up and, and uh, take dad's uh, business and and you know, help them out and all this stuff. So that's kind of how I got back into it. But really, I've, I've been, since I was little, getting in the van with my dad, going from call to call, working on units, no air conditioning in the van. So been doing this for for a long, long time. It's been in our blood. So uh, this is Jacob, by the way. I don't know if I
0: introduced myself. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for anybody listening, we're brothers. So, of course, I'm Joseph, CEO at G Heating and Air. I like Jake, we've been around for a long time. And I always tell people my dad tried to keep us as far away as possible from it. He'd always say I didn't work as hard all these years for all that time to get y'all right back into it. But (laughs) here we are. My story is a little unique. I went to college. I actually got into law school and I was going to be a lawyer. And I actually, I didn't like it. I remember talking to my dad. My dad was like, hey, why don't you come work for me? Can't really pay you a lot, but, you know, it'd be something until you figure out what you want to do. I was also getting married that same, like in six months too, so it was kind of crazy. I think my dad did it as the intention of making me go back to school and want to do something else. And then realized that there was a business here. There was something here that you can make money off of and started working in the vehicle my dad. It was at the time, it was just my dad, my grandpa and a gray 1995 Astro van. We maybe did a quarter of a million dollars, maybe half a million dollars in business at the most. I was running the calls uh, on a yellow pad sitting in the driver's seat in the back seat, I had a little change out crew and started learning how to sell. and we hired our first employee like 2014. Mm-hmm. We grew to like six employees like 2018. In 2020, I think we had like 12 guys, and then you know now we're
2: where we are now. so that's kind of how we got to where we are right now and how I got into it.: That's awesome. So the company didn't actually start growing until you came aboard, Joseph.
0: It had been around for a long time. I mean, you know, my dad's business had been around for a long time. So, um, I mean, I'm like everybody else. You know, dad grew up in this. He, he did really well. He was into new construction uh, and other stuff before. And, um, you know, what happened in 2008 with all that, like everybody knows, took a dive from there. And then he just kind of let the guys go and just kind of went down to service and what he knew. I'll be honest with you, I think when we first came on, I was just kind of into it just to, it was like a stepping stone, you know, I didn't think I was going to stay sure. here. And I think I was just really more just like, Hey, if I can just, you know, I remember telling my dad, I was like, Hey man, if I could, if I could just make like, you know, a living doing this, you know, just trying to make a living, kind of making it a, almost like a hobby. It, it was just a job at that time. Didn't see it becoming a, a business like it is now. And uh, until I think really until I I brought you you on and then Mm -hmm. we started talking about it and you were just kind of like, man, there's there's something here. And we started realizing that a lot of people need HVAC and we've made a lot of mistakes along the way. (laughs) And we'll we'll get into those during the (laughs) podcast,
2: but. (laughs) <laughs> totally. And that by me saying the company didn't really grow until you came on, Joseph, that's in no way to say anything bad about yeah. your father or your grandfather and how they ran the business before. But it's just interesting how your dad was very intentional about keeping you two as far away from the business as humanly possible. And now you're both running it and you're running it incredibly Well, like you went from four to 11 million in one year, you guys actually joined me for a webinar in summer of 2022 Mm -hmm. to talk about your first million dollar month. So you guys have done a ton of business, uh, Mm -hmm. made a lot of mistakes, but also have made some really good decisions. So I would love to know what changed and how did you both navigate it?
3: Our dad and grandfather was definitely a new construction. They basically back then, that's all you did was get with uh, general contractors and you just build houses and install systems. Well, whenever the housing market crashed, a lot of companies, in, including my, my dad's business, didn't really know how to make the transition to not having that many many homes to be able to continue new construction. There, there still was out there, but not as much as uh, you know. The work was plenty, and they just needed more and more HVAC guys to do it. So the margins started to get decreased and this is a very same story with a lot of people here. And a lot of people didn't know how to transition to being a service business after the, the you know recession happened. So coming into it, whenever Joe took over, uh, little things like my dad didn't know how to take credit cards or, you know, know how to like, you know, as far as he, he had paper uh, notepads, that was basically everything was written down on. So when we came in, uh, you know, we decided, hey, Let's get organized. Let's. I think the first uh, the system that Joe kind of incorporated was like a Google. When I when I came in, he was running off of a, a Google uh, like you know uh, sheet that he basically updated the, the calls that came in. But it was still. Solid. I laugh about it now. Well, yeah. I don't <laughs> even know how we. And uh, you know he had we basically you know, he did have iPads for the, for the sole tech we had, and uh, <laughs> and that was still running calls too. and so Joe would update it on the Google sheet and email it out to him, and uh, and that's how they got their calls for the day and. So just something small as that, and then had like a, you know, a payment software on the iPad that could take payments on, you know, and so very basic, but it still was able to, instead of having to, you know, bill out all of our stuff, you know, via mail, uh, sending, you know, mail out to customers, they were able to invoice immediately and then start kind of, okay, hey, we can actually get a little bit of cash flow in instead of having to constantly, before this, we were having to like borrow money just to like pay for our distributor bills and and stuff like that. So. When you're trying to get that churn of okay, now we're starting to get a little bit cash flow positive. We're not profitable yet, but getting getting that cash flow positive, and that's where Joe did a great job of getting it to that point. And then so then when we were able to hire me on, we were able to kind of come together and say, "All right, let's let's invest in you know finding a, a legitimate CRM. Let's let's uh, let's start looking into finding like a phone system." And those those things started kind of going together. So we just started kind of implementing systems. It took a little while for us to find, A, the right systems to put in place. We knew we needed systems. We just didn't know what the systems looked like. Um, And then we started looking at, you know, hey, let's um, look at uh, hiring the right people. And so we went through, I mean, especially during that time, we were going through, you know, hundreds of people just trying to find You know, quality people that were, you know, trustworthy, that we wanted people in those homes that could pass a background check. (laughs) So going from literally my dad, uh, my brother, me and one tech and one install crew, you know, having to go through trying to scale up, finding the right people. You just don't want to throw anybody into a home because that's your reputation, that's your name on their shirt. Hiring the right person can take your company to a whole nother. But, you know, there's, you have systems and stuff like that, but people are very, very important in finding the right kind of people
2: too. We had systems,
0: but we didn't have systems, if that makes sense. The right systems. <laughs> yeah.
2: When Jacob said a legitimate CRM, I'm picturing you in the back with like a Rue Goldberg machine where like a ping pong ball hits like a piece of tape and then like something <laughs> adds a cell to an ex- a spreadsheet, like a pigeon flies with a letter to a tech or something like that.
0: A lot of times we we look on like Facebook groups or we'll look on like podcasts. And we're like, man, wow, they just got it all together. They're really lucky, or they've, they they must have always been like that. You know, like you look at like what Tommy Mello's done, and you look at these. I mean, ish. other I mean, ish. Guys, in, yeah. Any of these guys, and you're like, oh man, but then you realize they weren't always like that. And so, like anybody that's listening, like, yeah, we didn't hit 12 million or whatever, just like that, or what what we look like or what we do now. It was years of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yellow pads, white boards, white vehicles, uh, just every every system was built out of necessity. We were like, okay, we've got this. And I I think the best (laughs) way I can explain running this and growing this, and I think anybody out there that's listening will understand this, building a small business is like building a rocket ship as it's taking off. So like- I mean, really. And it's like, you, you'll, you're like, okay, I got this one thing done. Then you realize that you're still missing half the other side. And anybody listening, like, man, we, we were right there, like dealing with distributors Mm. and not knowing who to, who to go to, not having a CRM, not, not knowing how to price things. And it was like cash in cash, right back out. Why am I not making money trying to, we, we didn't know how to hire people or keep not just hire people, how to keep them Mm. and how to make them produce. We didn't know how to hold people accountable. I can tell you about 10,000 things not to do.
2: (laughs) I'm so happy you brought up Ish and Tommy because one of the reasons I wanted you on this podcast, besides the fact that I genuinely enjoy both of you, is Joseph, you gave me that fantastic idea about interviewing Ishmael and saying, asking, or not just Ishmael, but people like him and saying, Mm -hmm. you know, tell us about the day you quit. And actually my very first episode of tell us about the day you quit or the day I almost quit with Ish will debut right before not right before but a few episodes before this one. So, gotcha. want to thank you on air officially for giving me the, that idea and I would encourage any listeners here who when they heard you talk about, you know, kind of that social media highlight reel that a lot of contractors are exposed to and they're like, how the heck are these guys doing it? go check out Ish's episode because he yeah. is the first one to tell you he had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> um, and I love your guys' vulnerability too. Now you mentioned two key things in your answers, systems and people, you know, mm-hmm. people are your biggest resources. And I know that Jacob, one thing that you guys really struggled with was not only finding the right people in your area and you guys are in Georgia, right? And
1: mm-hmm. so, yep. right.
3: Right. at We're the Atlanta
2: in- area. Yep,
0: Atlanta. Uh, but it's North, it, it's Atlanta. It North
3: Atlanta, but yeah. it's uh, basically Atlanta.
2: Okay, cool. Just wanted to give everyone an idea of where you were ge- uh, geographically. So, yeah. you know, difficult to find people, but then you also came into this issue where as you guys are growing, you're realizing the people that got you to one, two, three million aren't the people that are going to get you to where you want to go. And I know your goal for next year is 25 million. So mm-hmm. tell me about how you made that tough decision to let people go as you grow.
0: That's the toughest thing, you know, like I tell, I was telling somebody the other day, I was having a meeting with them. I said, I, I wish that I could be everybody's best friend, Mm. you know? And I, I I told her, I said, I said, do you like working here? And she said, yes. And she said, I said, do you feel that you have a direction? You have a purpose? You have, you know, my standard, you know, my expectation. And she said, absolutely. I said, do you feel that you're compensated? Well, do you feel like we're screwing you in any way do you feel like you're she goes oh wow no she's like you pay me on uh, you know really really well i said do you like to keep getting that paycheck and she was like yeah and i told her i said too many people like you depend on me to have that paycheck and to have this company running for me to be everybody's best friend too many families too many families depend on these doors to be open for us to have loose standards and to allow things and Just to be buddy buddy with everybody. That doesn't mean you can't have a good culture, and that doesn't mean you can't be have fun, have fun, and be a hype guy and 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 get people motivated. I'm not talking about that. You got to do those things, but there has to be a standard. And it sucks because we talked about this, and I think what happens is you have people who they'll get you to five or ten million, and they're kind of like, man, why do we need to get any bigger? You know, I'm making more money I've ever made my life, and you know, like, man, just let's just keep doing that every year, man. This is we're, we're making plenty. <clears throat> we're fine. Everything's great. You know, because they came from there's a girl that's been with us once we were like two or three million, yeah. like maybe even one million. And what she's seen it change. Right. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, my gosh. You know, like I mean, she's she's fully on board, but she's kind of like, wow, I can't even think about getting double this size. We were already, you know, quadruple what we've been. And. Sometimes you get guys that are just completely okay with that. Mm -hmm. And when you have people who are completely okay with just being, once you get there, just kind of getting there, they're not going to be the ones that's going to get you to 25 to 50. And then also too, I think some people just get burned out Mm -hmm. growing from 4 million to 12 million in a year or whatever. It's very easy to get burned out and to be pushed and to say, Hey, you know what? I could probably go work somewhere else and just kind of ride it, ride it out. Uh, Or maybe this isn't for me. Um, So, you kind of have to sometimes bring people in that are fresh, that are like, hey, you're at 12. Let's go to 25. I think a lot of times we'll share a vision of where we want to go. It's like, oh, you know, we want to we want to be 25 million and we want to have this and this. And they're kind of like, OK, but I mean, let's be honest. We're human beings, you know, Sure. you yeah. have to provide for yourself. I mean, things cost, you know, everybody I tell everybody that people have dreams, right? But dreams cost money. You know, it's it, you got to you got to connect your vision to how it affects them yeah. and how they can grow and not just. You know, but financially, it's like, hey, if we get here, you know, I tell guys all the time, I'm like, you know, does anybody want to make more money next year? And they're like, yeah. I was like, OK, because that costs us making more money than we made this year. And they're like, yep, OK, good point. <laughs> you know, so that kind of helped. But getting rid of those guys is tough. And I've learned that and this is hard. You You can't really manage people. Because when I say people don't change, I mean, you know, addicts and different stuff can change. Of course, people can change. But someone who's a left side of the brain person isn't just going to wake up one day and be a right side of brain person because you want them to sure. be. And somebody who's a visual person is not just all of a sudden going to, you know, people don't think like me. and People don't think like my brother. We're completely different in the way we act and talk and, and think. People are who they are. So all you can do is manage the system you can design a system and you can manage it and hold people accountable to it and say, hey, look, this is the result I need. And let me figure out however your brain works to help you understand that's where we got to get to and let's design it to get here. But here's my standard and I need you to perform. But I think you can lead people. You can motivate people and you can push people.
3: Yeah, Joe had the vision of like, hey, we're going to have you know 60 employees. We're going to go to, you know, twenty five million dollars and all this stuff on the board back when we were at one million sitting in the ranky-dank little uh, shop and just it, we had literally we had rats running through our attic I mean just,
2: did those kind of employees yeah
3: you know, <laughs> those were our first yeah <laughs> no, um but it, 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 honestly we could write a book about it it's how much of a horrific experience was in that first shop but anyways and so but Joe's sitting up there his whole room is full of whiteboards and then he's just mapping out this company from like that point and of course we look nothing like exactly like that but I you know at the time, I was like this is impossible. Like I'm going to try to support my brother's dream. I'm going to try to, you know, build the systems with them and all this stuff. And, and uh, I was like, but it's like this, you know, this is going to be crazy. I,
0: I went around and I started, I literally just started saying every person I said, 50 yeah. million in five years. If you don't and believe that, get out. <laughs> no, I really didn't. <laughs> yeah. And back in my head,
3: I kept saying like, we're never getting 50 million. But in, when Joe, he was like, he basically was like, well, I want to find the people who believe that we can do this. That believe that yeah. you know, $5 million is the mission not we're not our mission is
0: not five million at this time we're a million dollars i didn't want people to say <laughs> okay yeah and i was yeah. like all right i see who you are i wanted the guys that go hell yeah let's do it yeah and that's literally the people that that are in my core group that are still here the ones are like i remember the first time all right let's do
3: it i remember the first time joe gave this like really like intense speech to the guys we had like it was like six of us in this room so i mean it's just you're, you gotta understand the picture we got rats running through our ceiling we got six guys sitting in this office and Joe comes in he was like we're going to 50 million dollars in five years this is what it's gonna be and all this stuff and like Joe's just getting this hot you know rally up speech and then afterwards I like kind of sidebar with him I was like 50 million this is the first time I heard the 50 million figure because at first we were talking about 25 million that was like our original goal you know he's like I'm mean, very you're, you're like
0: well no, our first no, goal, you're, you're,
3: you're like you're like wow well, he's like I mean we might be able to but uh I just want to see if they would you know if they're gonna if they're going to budget that, well, you know, they can leave, you know. And so me and him were just like, yeah, that's it it was
0: crazy to even suggest $50 million. So it's I just- thought $50 million sounded better. I was like, I want to find out what they think about that. Because, yeah. you know, Michael Eisner was the CEO of Disney. And he came in one day and he said he wanted to build a hotel the size that looked just like Mickey Mouse. That was literally like a standing Mickey Mouse. And turns yeah. out he never intentionally meant to do that. He just wanted to find out who was willing to step up and say, Okay, we can do it and let's let's start doing it. And he kept those people and they be, they got promotions and moved up. All right, well fine. Fifty million in okay. five years find out who's a dreamer with me. Yeah.
2: Jacob wasn't necessarily well, it you sounds know what? like you were dreaming out loud, but internally you were <laughs> Jake's you were, you were are a skeptic. Right.
0: Jake's a realist. He- I'm
3: more, yeah, I'm more realist. Where I'm like, I'm sitting here and thinking, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it. because I was, I was also came in, I did the financials, and you know, I kind of did all that. It's much. I'm not an accountant, so, but I, I was doing the financials for the company, and I'm just sitting there. I'm looking. I'm like, you know, man, we're we're barely, we're you know, we're, we're considering not like taking paychecks this week. Like, you're, you're over here talking about fifty million and stuff like that. Like, but my brother did have the vision. He saw it, and that's where we kind of started. Okay, let's build a team that believes that.
2: You know what I'm picturing? You know that internet image of that dog in the kitchen sipping coffee with the fire all around him, and the caption that just says, "This is fine." Like I'm picturing <laughs> that as like the inside of your head, Jacob.
3: Just, I mean, honestly, that meme is the best picture for how that entire office was set up. <laughs> it was disgusting. It was, a, it was a building that our our grandfather and dad owned for years, years, so it was and years. So free. I mean, we so didn't was, pay, we a, weren't paying rent. It was so. a free space. We couldn't pay rent. I mean, yeah, that, literally. We so we. It. This was all. Once we finally saved up enough money, we finally started, we got our first little suite uh, in a little shopping center thing. 650 square feet? Yeah, 650 square feet. But that was, to us was better than what we were coming from. The other one, or even our uh, cable provider, or for internet, basically came out because we kept having it go down over and over and over. And they finally were like, look, uh, this this is so this area is so bad that we't even charter doesn't even want to like really be out here. so you're <laughs> lucky to get the service we're giving you. I mean he literally <laughs> said that to us and I was like, okay, I guess I'll stop calling.
2: <laughs> you said so many great things, Joseph, about being mindful about folks capacity and burnout. You also said some great things about how, being the owner, which I've heard time and time again, so many people depend on the paychecks that this company generates. I cannot just keep you around because I'm a nice guy. And then this other level lever of, I love what you brought in with Michael Eisner about, I just want to see who shares this vision with me. And when I give them an insane project, instead of saying, no, we can't do that, they say, okay, let's get started. So I think those are all really great leadership things to keep in mind for folks who are listening and are building their own business. I want to move away from people right now because I know I could talk to you guys about this for like five hours because this is one of my favorite topics too. But I really want to get into systems because I know that was a place where you guys were just like in over your head. You're like, how do we even get this started? So how are you implementing systems today to keep the business scalable?
0: It's every day. We literally, one thing that me and my brother do is like, did you implement a new system today? I mean, that I know that sounds, a lot of people talk and a lot of people say things like that, but like we really we really do like every problem that we hit every day. Because here's the thing: is like I remember I was talking to like Travis Smith about sky heating and air, and I remember I told him I was like, "Yeah, man, we're gonna go to like 10 million next year." He's like, "All right, hold on, cowboy." He's like, it's, "You're gonna be in that next. <laughs> just just trust me." And I didn't know what he was talking about until we got there. And uh, you know, every day, you know, I, I, as a as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as an HVAC home service provider. Um, like I said, it's the rocket ship taking off. So uh, we are constantly, you know, we used to. I used to. I'll, I'll put this on me. Problems. I would. I'd start, you know, panicking, and I'd point fingers and I yelled at people. I was like, "Why can't they just think like me and just mm-hmm. fix this?" And well, obviously, it's the person. This person is the problem, and he's he needs to go because blah blah blah. Not realizing that. He did not have a system. There was not a process. There was nothing that I can grade him against. There was nothing there. So every day now, everything that we literally, we had a meeting this morning with some key leadership guys and we don't leave those meetings. We, we literally have everybody on checklist. Everybody in my entire company has a checklist that turned in by five o'clock. They had with a to-do list of everything they're supposed to do that day. And they're not allowed to go home until all those things are done. Their reports are sent to me by five o'clock with all their how many calls did you? And we do outbound call logs, the booked appointments. Everything, everything has to be a system. You can't. And I people think, oh, okay, yeah. No, I'm serious. Like when you leave your vehicle, when you go on vacation and you turn your vehicle in back into us, there is a system of checking that system, finding what's on there, and making sure everything is is uh, signed off for. Is a warranty return system uh, where we bring back warranty parts. There's mm-hmm. a you know every day. Any problem that we hit. So currently today, when we have our all hands meeting, which is our support staff, we don't like calling people managers because managers just sound like this big. big yeah. And it's just, it's just like people hate managers. And that's the reason people quit jobs. You know, they hate managers. Sure. But when you're like a support staff, like when you're like, hey, and, and we write that because we tell them, we literally had a meeting last week. And I was like, that's our number one job is to support the field guys. Because if we don't have field guys, we don't have calls. We don't have calls. We don't have turnovers. We don't have turnovers. We don't have leads. We don't have leads. We don't have sales. Mm. And everybody in this building depends on that. So mm. your job is to support them and just help them. So in the support meeting, we were talking about how we go through. Everybody has to go through the, the meeting. Every, every division has to report. First two questions on everybody's thing, it says, do you have a problem with anybody? And what problems do you have in your department speak now or forever hold your peace? Mm-hmm. Cause if you don't bring it up, we can't fix it. We don't know what's sure. going on. So it's really cool to see our all hands meeting is just this big, like it's, it's not a, it's a not circle. a call. It's, they sit in a circle. Yeah. They don't, it's not a classroom. It's in a circle. And they don't like call each other out. They're just kind of like, Hey man, we're, we're not doing this right. And this is this and this, and it's an accountability thing. And then we get into, uh, they know that it says right here, what is your before they can leave and they have to turn these notes in and everything? They have to write out an action plan. Every problem that's brought up has to have an action plan before we leave that day.
2: Mm-hmm. Nothing is more annoying than people who bring up problems but don't bring up solutions. Amen. Well, anybody can bring up problems. Amen. You know, yeah.
0: the reason I tell people the reason you're sitting in these chairs mm-hmm. is because you're not those people, you're problem solvers. The Question is, are you solving the problem today? Or are you solving the
3: problem? For, for the you're preventing block. it from, happening are you preventing something? it from happening? Are you, you know, something that addresses it every single day? That's a system when you're just problem solving that day, that's a bandaid you go yeah. around and you're like, that's a bandaid bandaid, but you're running yourself crazy and you want to quit your job. Like we, we plenty of times we've wanted to quit cause we're like, look, we're doing everybody's job. We're, we're having to fix everybody's problems. We're having to do all this stuff and you get so stressed and you just want to like throw something. <laughs> and, uh, but when you start realizing, Hey, Let's okay today. Yeah, the problem is not gonna be fixed today, but let's fix and figure out and sit down and build that system that allows this to be addressed every single day by whoever, if it's an employee or if it's a a system like, you know, Service Titan that can automate something or whatever it is. But then we can make the system where it then all of a sudden starts driving itself.
0: People know that they can come up with ideas and we're like, okay, that's great for today. Yeah. But what's gonna happen when you're not here? Yeah. what's, What's your plan? So if you, so you can never go on vacation, you can never take a day off. So what are you going to do? So there has to be a system Mm -hmm. and you got to teach somebody. So we've been teaching people how to think. We're trying to empower them to make decisions and go what a lot of times they'll ask us questions. And this is, this is a great tool, guys. If you're listening to this, if you take anything from me, whenever you get asked a question about something, just ask them what would, like, well, what would you do if I wasn't here? What would you do? Well, I mean, Because it's empowering, right? If I asked Jackie, I said, Jackie, you know, you bring this problem up to me. I said, well, Jackie, what do you think? What would you do if I wasn't?
2: You want my opinion? You want my opinion? Too? Of course. What would I, want to you
0: happily do it. I want to know where your head's at because you know my standard. You know my expectation. Mm-hmm. So how does that fall into what we're trying to do? Our mission, our accomplishment, you know, our vision.
2: Yep. It's almost like yeah. a little check in to the Michael Eisner stuff. Like, are you still thinking about growing us $50 million uh, yeah. instead of? And I just want to say real quick those band aid solutions, oh my God, they are so tempting. They're so tempting. Yeah. Nothing sure. feels better than fixing something right. right away.
0: Yeah. We, we, but- we, st- do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Nothing feels better than that. But to your point, not only is that going to burn out your employees, it's also going to keep you guys as the bottleneck that can't get stuff done when you need yeah. to get done.
0: I think a lot of contractors struggle with that because the reason they get so burned out and you see them on the groups are like, I just feel like I'm having to do everything. And I, you can ask, I guarantee you could ask any small business contractor. And one of their biggest things is they feel like they're still having to put out all the fires and they're having to deal mm-hmm. with all the the angry customers and they're having to deal with all this stuff. And yeah, you know, until you can grow, you know, there's, we got people in place to take care of that stuff now. But one of the problems is the reason you feel like that is because you hire these people to do this stuff and then they don't do what you think they should be doing or doing enough. You're afraid to hire somebody because like, well, I'm just gonna have to do more work because I'm just going to mm-hmm. have to do their work. And Contractor sat there at night, going, "God, I'm doing everybody else's job." I'm paying job. him this big salary for him not to do not anything. to do anything, yeah. whatever. But <laughs> the truth is, yeah. you didn't teach him, give him a checklist, create a system, cause mm. him to teach them how to think mm. outside. When you like, you know, it's a beautiful thing, like to see this company run even while we're not here. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, just to kind of brag, I'm going to brag on my team real quick. I really want to brag Please on my team. Brag, brag away. So for my mom's birthday, she she rented a cabin up in the woods, and it had no service. Like it was it was awful to go up to. She had this whole thing. She was going to go on a Friday, and we were like, Oh my god, it's middle middle of summer, yeah, by middle the of summer, yeah. middle of summer. And they're asking us to go away for a weekend, away from our phones, away from on our Thursday, company, to, right?
3: Thursday to Sunday. Thursday to
0: Sunday. Not only did our company survive, Mm. it thrived. It was one of our record breaking weekends. We sold like almost I think 19 units in one day. Mm. We sold like we were it was just they were just pumping. And that's a credit to my to my team. And was everything perfect? No. We came back and there was there was things that we blah blah blah. But since then we've worked on those things. things But man, they're they're just a team. And when you teach people to think and not just say, here, do this. You know, Jackie, you ever had somebody just tell you like, here, do this. And you're kind of like, OK, you know, and then you and just like, kind of sure, sure. And you'll do it like one time, maybe. Mm-hmm. But once you mm-hmm. get Jake taught me this, he said, you got to give them the why behind the what. And when you get them to connect to the vision and the reason of why we're doing this and you and you package it, they're just like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to I want it. And again, the people who want to get us to the next level are like, got it. OK, yeah, I got to make sure this is done every single time. Mm-hmm. That's cool. we're I love your
2: right. long, I love your long answers. And yeah. I want to call out that one, I love it whenever people brag on their team on the show. I think it's fantastic. So thank you for doing that. And I love that you said, you know, we did great, but we also we got back, we noticed some stuff and we tweaked it and now we're even better and more prepared for next time. One thing that you guys mentioned the last time we spoke is that you guys don't have a slow season at G, you have a manageable season. So I would love to talk about how you've reframed this very scary time that a lot of contractors you know, talk about.
3: One thing that about HVAC in general that I had to really kind of learn coming into this was the seasonality of the business. As much as you, you, you know, a lot of people, they'll, they'll live and die by this too this industry is weather enhanced, not, you know, weather, uh, what's the saying? We're not weather
0: dependent, we're we're weather enhanced.
3: exactly. So basically to really grasp that, you have to understand like, you you just gotta change your mentality. So like in the summer and like the cold winters, you know, wherever we're at in the country, um, in Georgia, we have really hot summers um, that last for six months, you know, uh, basically from April all the way to probably September, you know, September. September. Anyways, so you have these long summers, but there definitely is those dead, you know, set, uh, the end of September, October and November October where in um, our winters aren't that harsh. I mean, we get we get some little freezing temps here and there. But um, is understanding that a lot of times these companies will like kind of like, OK, we took our, our big summer and kind of coast into those those dips. Well, we are like, no, we're not going to settle for anything less of an expectation than we do after the summer. That's where we got to get creative with like our marketing and how our, our, our specials and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and just changing the culture, because a lot of times the way the culture was beforehand and, and kind of our entire area was, oh, you're going into maintenance season. And so maintenance season was kind of like, you know, just basically just enough to give a few hours to the techs or,
0: you know. It's just busy work. Every, just busy everybody work. around here just does busy work.
3: Well, and you're like, you're like I hope I had enough money from the summer to build able to, to pay the guys, because if, you know, if you don't keep them busy, they're going to leave you and, and all stuff. And it's a very tough, tough uh, part of this business is because you don't want to lose good talent. I mean, you're like, hey, these guys are. Our killer techs, our killer installers, but I, I know business uh, during the, these, these slower times. But switching that culture shift of this isn't just busy work. This is opportunities that we're going to set here and, and listen to these customers and take their concerns uh, for real. So just switching that whole mentality, and then also our support staff. A lot of times, what happens is, wow, we worked really hard this summer. Let's take a let's take some time, you know, to kind of almost kind of kick back and chill
0: because most we, companies just kick it and chill and, and yeah, it's kind so, of coast until the end of the year.
3: Yeah. And you start, and you know, that's one of the things we kind of saw early uh, on we had to fix was a lot of people were like, man, we worked so hard this summer. Like, you know, can we not just kind of chill till it gets busy again, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. And it's like, yeah, we can, we can kind of, but we got to change our mentality. And that's where we're like, Hey, We've got to hustle, you know, we got to continue providing for these families. we got every, we can't just let, you know, installers stay without, you know, without work for, you know, these people aren't trusting us.
0: I mean, would you like to come into an environment that is just, you know, like, like you just, you never know if you're going to have work or you never know if you're going to have this and that and this and that. Mm-hmm. And don't, don't, don't get me wrong. We've, we've canceled meetings for things and moved them around. Had to rescap- think emergencies happen. We try to be as consistent as possible that they know what they're expecting. They know what they're getting. I had one of my techs in here the other day and uh, we had an accountability meeting, you know, he was slacking, you know, calling out and all this kind of stuff. And I have to hold everyone accountable. It's tough. I yeah. tell people all the time in my meetings, this is the toughest HVAC company to work for in the state of Georgia. We will make it. It's harder for to work here. Our standard is higher. We are, you're monitored. you everything is KPI. We have accountability. We have it on the screens. It's tough but if we're going to find out who wants to be here. Who wants to, and we, we ask everybody, I think if you remember in the, um, this, uh, the webinar, do you remember what my question is? I ask all my interview, all
2: my interviews. Oh, I remember it's a spicy question. Can you remind me? Yeah. It's uh. Our,
0: do you think you're a winner? And I yes. always ask people that I always ask people, do you think you're a winner? And then why do you think you're a winner? Because that's all I want. I just want people who, I want winners, you know, and, and, and take another quote, you know, mediocre people can't stand high achievers and high achievers can't stand mediocre people. And they don't yeah, mix. That's true. It's like oil and water. Cause one's going to weigh the other down and make that whatever. And the achievers are like, Hey, get out of this way. And the, the, you know, the people who barely get by. So uh, the manageable season only, you got to have people who are bought into the vision. Mm-hmm. You got to have winners. You got to have the achievers You're say, no, I'm not going to let this be manageable. See, I'm not going to let this be slow season You got to have the call center that's taking every call and not letting people cancel or reschedule or that are like, nope, we're going to put as many calls on this board as possible. You got to have it takes a whole team. You got to have the coordinator saying, no, we're going to get every install in today, tomorrow, because, you know, it's easy to say, oh, we'll we'll just get to you next week or whatever. No, everybody's got to be rolling just as fast. And uh, that's how you kind of make it. But if you you got to change the mindset of these are opportunities and once you change that, that every house is an opportunity, <clears throat> your your slow season yeah. really does change. Because a lot of companies take all the money, like he was saying, in the summer that you make. And I know what you guys are thinking as entrepreneurs or whatever is. I'm hoping that I make enough money to just ride out until next coast. summer. I'm going to coast it and pay my guys. I got enough stored up. I'm just going to put it in the store. I'm going to put it in this, this this piggy bank and store it. That is not the way to live as an HVAC owner. Maybe like you're, you're gonna eat all your profits, but mm-hmm. the, the point of a business is to put as much cash in your pocket as you can. Yeah. You should be taking cash out. You should be rewarding your employees and yourself and and spending that money on on things, you know, to have nice what facilities and stuff and in better insurance plans, not storing it up hoping that you make it out for six months. It was the same thing as like we're gonna be at 50 million in five years. I still say that all the time. I go yeah. around 50 million in five years.
1: I find out.
2: I find out who's going to
0: go with you, Sam.
2: I hope to get. I get the opportunity to do an interview with you again when you guys do hit fifty million in five years, maybe less. And we're going there. (laughs) Oh my goodness, guys! This has been a lovely interview just like i knew it would be i've you've got so many hot takes but so many hot thoughtful takes like very thoughtful takes and i just i've learned a ton from you guys so thank you again i'm going to close up this interview with my favorite question and you're allowed to have two answers because there's two of you if you had to choose a song to be the soundtrack of your life what would it be
0: oh i want to dance with somebody whitney houston
2: oh my uh. god amazing amazing <laughs> answer joseph gotta follow <laughs> that up jacob are you ready <laughs>
0: go ahead oh man like, you can't tell me you ain't been
2: <laughs>
0: or a party or a wedding and that song comes off and not everybody have a good time yeah i gotta go with,
3: i gotta go with my you know i hope play that funky music no no it's okay. you know, this, this song will live on forever and it's uh you know country rose by john denver
0: <laughs>
3: rose, I mean, me
2: beautiful 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 song uh, Jacob and Joseph G., thank you so much for joining Toolbox for the Trades. Uh, I loved talking with both of you, and I hope to have you back when you guys hit 50 million. Absolutely,
3: awesome. We'll thank be you, here. We'll
2: be here. <laughs> hey, Toolbox listener. If you enjoy Toolbox for the Trades, then I would love it if you left us a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps the show grow and helps us get discovered by more contractors like you.
1: Are you looking to build a top-tier service company? Service Titan's Contractor Playbook is a handy guide to help you get where you want to go. Authored by the industry's greatest minds, this free all-in-one playbook will help you set your company up for success. Learn how to provide excellent customer service, establish your company's culture, market to new and existing customers, and more. Just go to servicetitan.com slash git playbook to access the free digital guide. That's servicetitan.com slash git playbook.